0: Welcome back team to another episode of beautiful dust specs a podcast designed to teach you that the ordinary is truly extraordinary i'm your host alex hofelt you bring the curiosity i'll bring the science let's do this hey welcome back team another episode of beautiful dust specs with me alex hofelt your host and the creator of the show let's get going i got back at it last week jumped off got the episode up and running which i got some great feedback from my fans already which is awesome got some good emails right away a few people jumped on it and were like hey the glass so pumped you're back and me too man i'm glad we're rolling here so i wanted to stick with that tribe concept a little bit and i, I run out of time i try and keep the shows to around 20 minutes that was some advice i'd been got i got a while back. Gotten. I got a while back, like uh, 20 to 25 minutes. And last week I started like running out of it. I started felt like I was kind of cruising there at the end. I probably got a little rambly, but this idea of tribes has really been sticking with me. I read the book, Tribe by Sebastian Younger, and it's pretty awesome. And this idea at the end of how these war veterans and people who have been a part of war almost strive to, they almost miss it, and they miss it because of the facts that they miss being a part of that tribe. They miss being a part of a thing that's bigger than themselves, of something that really matters. It's something that matters to the people around them and unifies us. It's an interesting dilemma here, and when we're thinking about these tribes, you know, we got to look at what we are. We're all these walking, talking, thinking, feeling, interstellar balls of star debris, you know, coagulated stellar matter, energized by starlight, that's all trying to exist, trying to flow, trying to find their own rhythm within this infinitesimal, huge, massive, finite world of chaos. You know, surrounded by all other people, and every single human has their own little rhythm, their own little flow, their own little insecurities, their good, the bad, the ugly, of all things that are us. And that's where we want to be. You know, we we know this and we feel this. And if you're if you're a listener of the show, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna guess you have some softness to you. You know, you have a curiosity. In my experience, the more curious the more thought-provoking, the more thinking mind someone is, the grander we think and the bigger our mindset gets, the more universal we become in terms of our understanding, our love, our affection for the people around us. And this is a challenge. This is not something that I'm very good at all the time, you know. And these ideas of this, this, these concepts that relate to the tribe, relate to this group mentality, have really, really got me going here. And that's what we're thinking on here. So remember, come back to this idea again. Just touch on evolution once again. And This is something that if you listen to the show and you start thinking and realizing and, and ponder and self-reflect on your ideas of how you integrate with tribes, how you integrate with the people around you, how you walk, talk, and think and feel to try and make today better than yesterday and make tomorrow a day you want to wake up in, you know, we got to look at it from these standpoints of evolution. We are an individual creature. We are born and bred and raised somewhat most of the time to be individual. Think about your childhood, your relationships, all these different things. We're almost, we're unified in these ideas of trying to be an independent person. You can't be someone who just exists totally leeching off of somebody or having someone else do everything else for you. However, that individuality does not always mesh well with this kind of idea of don't be selfish, you know, this selflessness that we're supposed to feel. So we're supposed to be an individual creature in this grand society This massive individual that is just living in a population of communities and grander ecosystems on both a natural scale and a societal scale. And there sits us, this tiny little individual who has to ingrain all these things that has this you know plethora years eons epochs a lifetime of experiences Experiences that have hardwired us experiences that have pulled into us that have become a part of us that have stuck to us like throwing something at a sticky surface you know it sticks to it and then it becomes a part of you it's like you know if you put like a picture like a golf ball like sinking through something like molasses i don't know where that analogy came from but you know we we talked about this the amazingness that is us the five senses that we exist to wire us we are electric we have all this ability to hardwire these things into us and these our experiences our moments our biggest highs and our lowest lows have all become who we are today and again that's the individual that's who we are however every single human being not a single one even in the craziest imagination you could you know you can't even grasp how individual you truly are in terms of your experiences you've been on the earth for x amount of years for x amount of minutes for x amount of seconds for x amount of loves x amount of hates x amount of bullies whatever you know we've been here through all of of this and this has become a part of who we are. And not all of us are self-reflective. You go out into the world as a self-reflective person trying to look at the world around you, you'll quickly realize that the majority of us don't live in that self-reflective state. We live in a state of kind of reactiveness and we are so ingrained with the neuroplasticity of ourselves. The, the, the neural networks that are who we are are what make us so hotwired to be the things that we are. And when you start to look at this, when you look at this noise, when you look at all this, you start to feel something if i really ponder tribes very quickly you start to think and look at all the different tribes the different groups the different things that we label ourselves to find comfort find belonging find ourselves among the greater group and very quickly you start to think I don't know. It can get negative, right? You know, and we know this now. We know that we are these. We are a part of the most divided tribe in the United States ever. Wherever you are you listen in the world? You know, anywhere you are, there's going to be a tribe that opposes your tribe, and it's crazy to think about. And it, it doesn't. It seems counterintuitive. That's one of the things that the more I've thought on the world, the more I've embraced science, the more I've embraced love and longing and ideas. It really sticks with me that I don't understand the lack of tribalness to us, that we don't find a way to come to a greater good. You know, we put certain things on a pedestal via social issues, via money, via whatever. And, you know, politics are the first thing that pop into this. And the more I've gotten into life, right from a young age, I always had these ideas. I saw the connections of us and I saw all of us. I didn't understand why one person should be happy at the expense of other person's sadness. And I don't think that's ever going to change in me. However... Evolutionarily, a lot of people, a lot of scientists out there, look at it from this standpoint. Again, coming back to time, give yourself an out, give yourself a little understanding, a little compassion inside of you. If you do something, if you're a part of a tribe or a group, or you've done this in the past, I remember back in the day there was a kid who got bullied really bad in school, and I wanted to fit in with the cool kids, and you know, all the cool kids were picking on this poor dude, and then finally one day, one of the kids hit the kids directly in the face with a with a with a dodgeball. I can picture it today. It was in fifth grade, so it was twenty, I don't know, twenty five years ago i don't know that much 20 years ago i'm not that old but you know i can picture this and that was my time where i was like whoa too much this is this isn't it that nothing that kid deserved he didn't do anything the kid was just a human and when we look at this we just i was just watching the movie her this week and there's a cool line in it it's a, it's an interesting movie very very unique where this guy falls in love with a computer operating system and halfway through he's kind of talking about it. they're falling in love they're both admitting you know love they both feel this amazing wonder of emotion that is love and they talk she has one line where she talks about how she's studied physics and she studies it very rapidly because she's a computer which is really cool And she talks about how we're all made of matter. And in reality, we're all 13 billion years old. And I really like that concept. And that kind of got me going on with this and thinking higher and higher and higher. We've been around for 13.7 billion years. Not we is the thing I call Alex, is the thing you call you. But the matter and the energy that we are has been here since the dawn of time itself in this universe that could be a part of multiple universes, could be the constant reset, the ebb and flow, the fractalness of the Big Bang itself. But out of that came matter and energy and matter and energy cannot be created nor destroyed as we know it today. Day. So as physics sits today, you and every ounce of you has existed for 13 billion years old. And that's where the stuff starts to go in. You know, although tribes are essential, although these groups are essential, we got to think about it more than that. We got to get into the differences of it. And we got to embrace the differences and love the differences because on a the most fundamental, the differences that stuck out to us, that stick to us, you know, Republican, Democrat, whatever you want to call it, anything, you know, black or white, you know, whatever thing that we label, the amount of things that we have in common are epically grander than than the things we have different. You know, everything around you from this desk to this computer to this chair to the lake to me to my girlfriend to my dog to you to us to love to sadness, whatever. All of it is made of the same stuff. All energized by the same light. And when we look at it from that standpoint, it, it is so wonderful. It's so incredibly epic. It's so great. But... We know and we have to learn and be aware and be mindful of the fact that evolution has hotwired us to be tribal, to be a part of a group, to have group think, to have group hatred, to have group anger. We are known for this. We are a no- we are not a nomadic people. Our evolution of Homo sapiens, we are we are a group. We live in big packs. It's one of the big things that are really interesting when you look at these, like we talked about last week, you know, the, the wonders of, you know, religious and religion in terms of communities of church, you know, the, the wonders of CrossFit and yoga that I'm into, you know, teaching. You get a teachers together, we get we get comfortable, we start talking about the same things because we've shared the same battle, we have the same woes, we we combine, we we connect on these levels, and that connects with us on a on a bigger person, on a bigger level. You know, CrossFit's a really interesting example from like a Paleolithic standpoint, although we all eat the paleo diet, haha is that these ideas of why is it so popular is it popular because it teaches you how to clean and jerk and snatch and do high intensity interval training those are all out there in every different way crossfit does well and what crossfit has done well for since its beginning is it's made you feel part of a group it's made you feel part of a connection the outsiders will knock it i can't tell you how many people have made fun of me and my diet my nutrition my wellness for whatever reason that they decide to do it but and the people who are not who are outside that group you know they they get it they're inside my group i'm sorry they get it and we connect and we relate to it And this just starts to get us opposing these ideas. And we exist in this balance of opposites, the individual trying to be selfless in this selfish society. You know, we have these opposing viewpoints. We are a part of a machine that's been evolved for a teeny tiny bit of time. And you've been alive for a teeny tiny little bit of time, trying to figure out your way, your walk, your talk, your think, your feel throughout the cosmos of today, tomorrow, and the rest of your life. And we look at it from that and we don't don't lose sight of it. You know, embrace that chaos, embrace that wonder, embrace that longing and that That joy that you feel of being a machine made of star debris. And that starts to connect us. And what I wanted to talk about for the second half of this show here is since we're a world divided, the individual and the group and the groups and the tribes and all these different things, we live in the most divided time possible however division balance of opposites is how we embrace the chaos those are two of my favorite sayings out there you know like the rbca rucka that clothing company had it as their logo one day and i didn't really read it and it has it has a v and a a v and an a and they go in two opposite directions and their logo is balance of opposites and when you really think of that that is a very very important very resonant ideology and then one of my big sayings in life you always have to have a motto right or a couple of them one of them for me is embracing the chaos. And the more you study nature, the more you study science, the more you study philosophy, the mind, the body, the soul, the more you see it's just chaos. You're just living amongst the chaos. But I choose, I attempt, I try to embrace that chaos with a smile instead of a frown. I try and embrace it with more love than less anger. Do I get angry? Yes. Am I a walking, talking stereotype in terms of a liberal yoga science teacher? Yes. Do I resonate and have a tendency to have a little irksome when I see somebody with a certain sticker or a certain pickup truck or a, you know, even worse, like a Confederate flag on the back of that pickup truck. Sure. You know, Infowars.com, right? Whatever whatever tribal thing that we want to label into putting someone into my tribe or your tribe, they flip it on us. They think the same thing about me and my stereotypes and the way I'm presenting myself to the world. So if we can just get aside from that, if we can shove it aside and look at it from the standpoint of we're both just trying to show something, and that's just being me and you being you. So let's talk about the balances here. How many different amazing balances in nature are there? I didn't research a ton of them. I just wanted to fixate on a few that have really stuck with me, and I didn't dive into the internet too. much because i know a lot about these and i know a lot about them because i've studied them because i love them because they're amazing one of the first amazing balances in the planet is when the universe itself was just this coagulated ball of a singularity this teeny tiny infinitesimal thing that fractals into different things into two little uh, two little opposing kind of it just diverts in the road and you know the idea is it turned into matter and energy and then there's this concept of antimatter and matter and that's the weird thing everything in nature has an opposite you know the whole idea like you know opposites attract and stuff like that you know or what is it what is the? there's always this the I can't think right now there's always this uh pseudoscience theory that like like attracts like it doesn't actually like repels like nature needs opposites so let's focus on matter here all the antimatter in the matter honestly outside my pay grade I don't fully grasp it the concept the the question is where did all the how did all this matter stay in existence and all the antimatter we think of as now is pretty much disappeared because if matter and antimatter come into contact they annihilate right craziness so let's just look at matter matter is made of atoms atoms are made up of protons neutrons and electrons and they exist and they co-create and condense because of this balance the proton and neutron form up the nuclei the more nuclei you have inside there, the bigger and bigger your element it needs a balance it needs to be able to have this balancing effect that goes on with the negatively charged electron so the negative electron is attached to the positive positive Proton and neutron, the positive nucleus, and that's what allows the things of nature to stick. And the most fundamental ideological, amazing, epic, awesome idea of anything you see, touch, feel, or even think—I arguably—is made up of atoms. Is made up of matter. All of this matter, all of this energy, all of this stuff that's been here for so incredibly long, sitting here, being the thing that we are today. You are made of these things. You exist because of this balancing act. As more protons and neutrons as were forced into the nuclei, they had to create more electrons. The electrons are then allow for more sharing of electrons more binding more bound more more coming together we share our electrons we can start to get things to stick that's what chemistry is baby chemistry is the icky stickiness of the world mainly carbon that carbon has these sticky ends and it sticks to things and it builds and it adapts and it changes and then it allows it to act and that's an amazing awesome balance so pr- first balance that we're talking about is just the elements themselves the balancing effect and it's a simple thing you've learned throughout most of your schooling but think on it slowly for a second and it's fascinating my second favorite balancing that I see is all of those matter, all of that energy. If you're a longtime listener, you know this is what I'm all about. So where the name of the show comes from, you are made of stardust. You are a beautiful dust speck because inside the core of stars, the collapsing chaotic creationist that is inside the star, the crucible is where the bigger and bigger elements come from. We start with hydrogen and helium. Gravity is able to compress it, an inner force smushing together until it reaches a point where the energy from that ball of energy can finally gets so much, and it can, it needs that balancing act to stay in what's called hydrostatic equilibrium. When the gravity can smush the star so much, sorry, smush the nebula, smush the protostar, the Bach globule, so much that the atoms get so close that we can whisk, get past that positive and negative electron. Because if the two electrons inside two hydrogen atoms come in contact, they'll repel. It's called Coulomb's barrier. The gravity will smush it, getting it moving it so fast that the electrons will actually stick, and then we can build a bigger Lego. We can go from one to two to 4 and create helium. Helium can crush down and create carbon to nitrogen to oxygen. And this whole chaotic dance, this balance of opposites between gravity and electric- electricity, or I'm sorry, electromagnetism and energy really is another amazing opposing viewpoint. Sooner or later, gravity is going to win. And out of that winningness, out of that, that balancing effect, that time and energy as the matter condensed inside the core, we get starlight. We get, we get energy. We get all these different waves. We get everything that we exist. The atoms in the... And the elements that are everywhere around us come from these this crazy dance, this balancing effect, this crazy world i'm saying crazy locks i'm kind of rambling here sorry but you know i'm just you to see the balancing of the gravity inwards and the electro the electricity and electromagnetism outwards is what causes hydrostatic equilibrium every star you see in the nighttime sky if it hasn't you know died out in the travel of the light years has exists in this hydrostatic balance and when that balance goes out of whack it's going to create the rest of the elements So that's an amazing thing. So from this balancing sport, we get starlight, we get stars, we get galactic evolution, we get thermonuclear synthesis. An amazing thing that I really kind of, one of my favorite biological things that I love, the balance is between photosynthesis and cellular respiration. And I'm not going to get too into it right now because it, it deserves, I think I've done a couple shows on them already. So we exist as this evolved homo sapien, a a machine made of 100 trillion cells of interstellar star debris, coagulated and energized by starlight. Why are we energized by starlight? Think about what you have to do throughout the day. You have to eat and you have to breathe. There you go. That's what you do. We call it cellular respiration because you have to take in oxygen. The oxygen will then synthesize and mix with the sugar that you have eaten within your mitochondria to give you the ATP, to give you the energy that exists for you to be creative, to be handsome, to be happy, to be sad, to be... Whatever it is that you're going to be in this day, you need energy to exist, and we need energy to change, to make music, to make language, to make art, to make sports, to make cars, to make a Tesla, to make whatever. We need energy to be. However, that inward take of it, the outwardness, the balance of opposite is you are going to inhale that that CO2 and that byproduct of the C6H12O6 sugar and the O2 are going to break down and it's going to release it's going to release water in the form of, you know, dehydration as it comes off your breath and it's also going to create CO2 and a toxic chemical that if you intake could kill you. If you intake too much CO2, it will you'll actually die a horrible death. It's one of the gnarlier ways that a, that an astronaut could go out and perish is when they if they die of CO2 asphyxiation. It's it's an incredibly dark, nasty way to go. So something to think on there. However, there's a little balancing act. There's a balance of opposites waiting in the wings as we go. So photosynthesis, the plants that actually came first, honestly, I should have said that first, they intake that CO2 and they mix it together to not only create the oxygen that you're going to breathe, they create the sugar that's going to be turned into energy to be what you are. And that's the balancing there. That's the most amazing, I think one of the coolest balancing acts of all time to where the point like I'd like to get a tattoo of photosynthesis on one forearm and cellular respiration on the other to just be a total nerd and geek up on her like have it across my knuckles or something gnarly like that it's okay I'm not that cool and I'm not that you know not that hard <laughs> tattoos scare me although I'd like one one day so that's my, one of my favorite balancing acts of all time. So as you can see here, those are just three little examples here of the order in the chaos, that we, when nature embraces the chaos, when nature finds the two rhythms, finds the two balances that connect together, it starts to show us, it starts to get us to think, to feel as a global tribe. And we talked about it last week, and I want you to think on it one more time. You exist as a human. Everyone around you, the people that you interact with on a daily basis, all classify themselves as a human. Whatever gender, whatever, whatever individual, individuality they persist we're all here on this planet surrounded by infinite space in all directions that we have yet to find any place that doesn't even remote that doesn't that doesn't harbor life let alone advanced life that's like another topic people always think about well you know we we haven't even like we haven't even found microbial life the simplest form of life it exists on this planet of 35 million plus or minus species of 99 of them that have ever existed being ridden to extinction so this remainder of 1 that exists here we have yet to even find the smallest thing. In space that is so incredibly vast, yet alone a planet that is so epic, so awesome, and evolution has done such a good job to create advanced theoretical thinking, walking, talking, feeling life that is humans out there. And that's what you do here. That's what this show is about. That's what you're about. That's what curiosity is about. Curiosity is about finding the connection, creating a tribe of people who know that they are made of star stuff, who embrace the chaos of what they are, who embrace the things, the good, the bad, the ugly, the gray, the neutral, and the white, you know, the yin, the yang of all of the things that we are, while also moving through the world and doing their best to associate, to understand that each of those people are there. And we think of this, you know, be kind for all or all are fighting a great battle. We're all been on a journey, we all have our own origins, we all have a comic book inside of us of today creating new pages as it goes into tomorrow. Knowing now, if you've studied and thought and listened to the shows, knowing that the atoms that allow to be the thing that you are have been on the most incredible journey of all time, starting in the singularity, coagulating into elements, chunking down, creating these massive balls of energy that is a star that start collapsing, condensing and exploding, scattering all the rich, rich nucleosynthesis of all the elements that are out there creating the periodic table that just so happened to condense down on this planet 4.5 billion years ago to create the sun 93 million miles away creates earth earth goes revolution bam you're sitting here listening to this amazing piece of tech my ability to share the inner workings of my mind this incredible fueled imagination creativity wonder my voice and the innerness of me i can share with you through your ethos of your headphones through this amazing tech as it moves forward into tomorrow to see what we can create what we can condense. So think on that. Think on these abilities. Think on the stuff that we are. Think on the fact that we are tribes, that these balances and natures are everywhere. Predator, prey, atoms, stars, Newton's laws of motion. In order for you to go forward, every action has an equal and opposite reaction, one of the foundations of physics. This is beautiful. If you press into the ground, the ground will press back and propel you forward. You know, that's how it works. You press in to go up. Yoga, we always say root down to rise, meaning if I want to do a cool arm balance or some kind of funky pose that I can do, I need to press into the ground harder to elevate my body in the different direction. And that's what we are. Exist in the tribe. Find your tribe. Embrace the tribe. Be the tribe. Be a part of my tribe. Join this tribe of beautiful dust specks. Be a person who radiates curiosity, radiates intelligence, radiates thinking. Radiates a joy every single day to the best of their ability just because they know what they've been through as a human and as an evolved ball of star debris, and that's where it's at. So go out there, fall in love, fall out of love, do this, do that, embrace each day, enjoy the highs, the lows of this life, because it's only it's it's fractional. It's tiny. It's not infinite. It's a finite world that we live in. So do your best to make your tribe solid. Love each tribe. Know that if a tribe hates on you, haters gonna hate, lovers gonna love. You just gotta ride the wave. Embrace the chaos and know that we're all in this together. We're all a part of the tribal earth of Homo sapiens. And that's what we are. And that's what we're going to continue to be for hopefully as long as we can humanly muster. And I hope you guys get a good vibe from this. I hope this resonates with you and I hope you love it. And I hope you're now a part of my tribe and I will talk to you next week. Peace. All right, guys, so thanks for listening there. Hopefully, you enjoyed that show. Hopefully, you're enjoying all the shows. Hopefully, you've been a long-time listener. Even if you're a long-time listener or a first-time listener, join my tribe this week. Shoot me an email on what you think about the show, beautifuldustspecs at gmail.com. Easiest way to get a hold of me. Otherwise than that, it's at Alex Hofeld on all the different different, you know, Facebooks, Instagrams, and Twitters. However, reach out to me. Let's join our tribe. Let's join our tribes up. I want to know what you are, what you think, what you feel about the show, about life, about love, whatever. Just talk to me about it. Let's have a conversation and let's just keep this thing going. If anything, you could share it and you could review it on all the different platforms. Primarily iTunes would be great for me. And if you ever need anything, you ever need any advice in terms of this or you want to talk about that, you know, in terms of fitness, health, wellness, nutrition, you ever in need of a motivational speaker, I have am one, and I would love to be a part of a bigger community of those. So if you ever know anyone or any corporation or anything that would want that, reach out to me, contact me, and let me know. Also, tell me what you'd like to hear, what any ideas, anything that resonates. Maybe a show I have has spun you off into something that makes you think about something else, and I'd love to research it, do a show on it, give you a shout out, and talk to you guys soon. So I hope you have a great week. I will talk to you next time. Bye.